akin to splitting the atom, Ben and Ryan attempt to split their guests apart from their egos and explore the deep, ominous cave called vulnerability, attempting to shine a combined light on the treasures that hide in the dark. Without taking themselves and each other too seriously, they are engaging in conversation between themselves and with guests in a very own humorous way. We hope you enjoy listening to Spill Your Guests. <laughs> if you want. Oh, well, here we are recording a podcast. That's it. We're doing it again. Um, you know what is interesting, Rye? Um, cool. This podcast is about vulnerability. Like, and there's, there's, to me, there's, I gain like, um, you can hear my typing. I gain like, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, like a sense of strength from this podcast. It's like an inner strength I feel from this podcast. And when you look up the definition of vulnerability, um, it's a noun, the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically it's like the, you know, the weakness, the weakness is, is what vulnerability is, is wh where are you weak? You know, so I go to the Wikipedia page, there's a bunch of information here. Um, and there's um, uh, emotional vulnerability section here. The definition of vulnerability by Breen Brown is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Brown goes on to suggest that vulnerability is the most accurate measure of you mean, courage. You mean Brene Brown? Breen Brown? B-R-E-N-E -E accent? Breen Brown? Yeah, Brene Brown, I guess. Yeah, you don't know her? Cassandra Brene Brown is an American research storyteller, professor, lecturer, author, and podcast She's host. She's pretty famous I don't for, know her. for her um, TED Talk and a bunch of other stuff on vulnerability, man. I'll write her down. Uh, look her up. I'll look check her, her out. Up. I'll write, write her down. Watch your TED Talk. I'll write her down and check her up. I should do that. Here's, here's the thing. Yeah, this emotional vulnerability um, is our most accurate measure of courage. To be vulnerable, to allow ourselves to be seen. Vulnerability is typically thought as the center of emotions such as grief, shame, fear, disappointment, but it also this, but it's also the center of the birthplace of love, belonging, authenticity, creativity, courage, and accountability. So I thought that was pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, that, that's that's cool because yeah. it's got a flip side to it. It's exactly. not just yeah, it's just not just uh, you know standing there at risk of somebody kicking you in the balls, closing your eyes, hoping they won't kick you in the balls. There's like a a thing that comes from being vulnerable with others that it it there's this transcendence that happens and. I noticed that. I noticed that shift. It shifts the conversation. It shifts whatever you're doing. And um, it's pretty cool. And you were just being vulnerable to me a minute ago about uh, some changes in your life, which triggered us to start the podcast recording, right? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It's like it was a bomb, I guess. A little bit yeah. Well, without that vulnerability, that we, I wouldn't know, you know, we would just be um, 
basically we would just be making up stories about each other whilst talking within a socially acceptable scope of um, words and terms and, you know, comforting, comforting uh, comments. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there's shit going on underneath that. Um, that's that real. We, yeah, that's real. And sometimes we don't know if we can just blur, blurt it out to somebody and just. We also don't want to like put our shit onto other people, right? Because they never asked for it. But some people will never ask. And, we'll, and then if you're somebody who speaks vulnerably and openly, they could be 30, 40, 50 years old, and then they might have a little freak out. And I've experienced that multiple times where they, they're just like, oh, my God, like, I've never had a conversation with someone like this. <laughs> it's because they thought like they never could. They thought socially unacceptable or whatever it was, you know? Exactly. It's because it's it's they didn't have the courage. Right? And coming off, right? so it's the, it, takes, it takes courage to have emotional vulnerability. That's, where, that's how you expose yourself to, like, like it kind of said in the Wikipedia article, like most, some of the most beautiful uh, aspects of life, you know, love, friendship, um, grief, like just, yeah. just healing, and and um, I don't know, just lets your guard down. I mean, I don't know, it, it, I, it, but this podcast is—they're all the podcasts are about vulnerability. But I mean, I just today, um, for the first time since uh, we even started doing this, actually looked up what it, what it, uh, you know what what Wikipedia has to say about it. Um, because at first, you know, when I looked at it, I was like, eesh, maybe vulnerability is not such a good thing. You know, it's real. You're just, you're just exposing yourself. You're just that, you know, you be, now you become uh, like vulnerable to like, you know, attack and, you know, like, you know, getting harmed. And I don't want to, I don't want to be harmed and be attacked. But then, you know, the, these, when I, when I do these podcasts with you, I feel like refreshed and, and like enriched afterwards. Um, in a lot of ways. So cool. um, I, I think that there's something to that emotional vulnerability that does display courage. Um, so this is like the equivalent of a spa day for you? It's like a spa. It's like a spa day, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm basking in, in, the, uh, in the aromatics of vulnerability. Let's please, let's please let, yeah. let it loft. Let it, let it loft. Um, now, um what what uh what we were gonna get at earlier there is that um okay well this world is in so much pain right now everybody knows that um it doesn't take uh much more than like a a little glimpse into the news or even just look out your door here where i live at least in ottawa like just to see how much pain and how much suffering is going on in this world and uncertainty and how difficult things are for so many people in so many different ways. Um, that being said, um, things are also difficult for me. And as um, I'm at a point in my life where I've done a lot of beating myself up and a lot of really kind of vicious self harm um 
in, in a, you know, an emotional way, but also it even does manifest physically. Like I just don't treat my body properly. And I, don't, I don't know if it's, I have a strong constitution I'm blessed with. I'm blessed with, or, you know, like the ability to, I guess, smoke lots of weed and still kind of function as a member of society. Cause I, I don't know what the standard is in society. Obviously you can get an engineering degree and get a job and work your job and smoke weed every single day and be completely, be completely numb to numb to all of the things going on around you. And somehow that's acceptable if you have, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but um, now I'm, I'm, uh, I've quit my job, right? I'm, I'm in a fortunate like position in this pandemic to be able to actually quit my job, which is enormous, which is enormous. That's uh, I'm totally blessed that I can do that. I don't need to worry about my paycheck. I'm just quit my job and I don't have another job. Um, did now, you actually do that or did you, are you just planning to? I actually resigned. So I'm still working my two weeks there, but uh, I actually resigned. My last day is May 7th. I'm, uh, How did that go? Like, was that a smooth conversation um, or a debate? It was fairly smooth. Like I, well, first thing I did was try to play the tactical. Oh, well, I'll do, I'll do a four month unpaid leave of absence. That's what I want. Four month unpaid leave of absence. You hold my job, I'll come back. Um, and they took a day and got called by, uh, by a couple of people, you know, oh, Ben, well, sir, sorry to see you go. You know, like, uh, that's going to be good for you. You know, it sounds like you, you made up your mind. Like another guy, that was the one of the director that he he's not, He's not responsible for my project right now and the other director who is responsible for my project right now was like what what can we do to make you stay like we'll give you some we'll, we'll let you take your vacation it's like you'll let me take my vacation okay that's uh pretty weak <laughs> that's a pretty weak bargain i mean they're, they're in it they're obviously they're business minded right they're thinking about the business and the projects and they're not really thinking about me and i'm thinking about me i said no this the is individual the yeah. individual i have to do this for me and um the only other option i could have done but sorry was, sorry yeah. were you were you not taking vacations before i did i, did, I took a, i did take a week of vacation but i wasn't taking like a bunch of vacation like you know you kind of have to sort it out with the, the needs of the project that you're on i mean that's the nature of what i was doing or at least what i'm still kind of doing working on construction big construction projects um but uh basically i i just felt like the environment wasn't wasn't where i could do my like if i'm spending 10 hours of my day in that environment i can't like i couldn't also do the healing that i feel like i need to do right now in my life and um like that i just in in terms of my recovery and just dealing with like all my kind of patterns and trying to become become more mindful and uh let let my brain heal you know for a bit because i've been putting chemicals into my body for the past 10 years like abusing substances you know as a way to regulate my emotions so try to try and learn how to regulate my emotions but 
So I'm, I'm, I quit my, quit my job, like, and self and like trying to commit myself to self love and self care. And in a courageous way, I don't like, pardon me. I don't fucking care what other people think. What I'm, what I'm doing is courageous for me. Like I, I have not taken these kind of courageous steps to actually take care of myself ever before in my life. And I am empowering myself to do it. And I have the means and this world is suffering and I am blessed to have the means. And that is a privilege like none other, right? That's a privilege like none other. And I invite you, Ryan and Lotta, to come heal with me, heal with me on my land where I'm going to build a cabin. Come heal with me. You don't have to, but anyway, now you're basically, I'm just trying to. Uh, um, can I, I want to. Uh, yeah. in all on in all honesty i do want to i I'll, um, I'll make it enticing you know no it doesn't have to be soul it has to be because it's not just me right oh yeah that that's where it's really a thing um but also a lot of and i have have had our many times where we've been apart for long periods of time three four five months so it doesn't mean like we do make decisions sometimes that mean we go our separate ways for a while and then we meet back up. So I have a, there's a lot of flexibility in there and, and there's a lot, we communicate a lot. So like um, I could picture in some relationships, like a, a decision like that might bring up some real resentment that's been sitting around. Like uh, let's say the, the female or whatever, whichever the partner doesn't matter if it's men or women, whatever it is, but one partner um, is thinking, oh, that this person doesn't give me enough time or energy. And now, oh, they're going to leave me and go away for a few months and fuck around with a friend of theirs. And, and I'm, I'm lucky that I'm, that I'm, I've had enough conversation and communication with Lada that, she would never take it that way. And if she were somehow going to take it that way, she'd warn me about a potential resentment going on. So um, that's why I'm saying I want to. I'd, I just have to make sure it's right because like I also wanted to be in Mexico and I'm in Mexico, but um, that that isn't for sure, at least where I am now is not a lifelong thing. I can tell. It's just a... There's amazing things about the Mexican culture, but there's certain things that um, they just don't work out uh, for us. So, yeah, so we've been thinking like, yeah, just to be, just so you, to get you up to date is just like, we've been thinking about where, where are we going to go? And, you know, it's been really stressful. And, and because Lada is German, she doesn't have, just the ability to show up in Canada. She used to, right, as a tourist. But now with the COVID, she has to have a reason, a real reason. Even, even with a work visa last time, she almost got 
it was almost canceled uh, because it was considered non-essential. Um, but either way, hers is expiring and she needs to get a new one. And she's very tricky to get it. And it costs the employer money. And of course the employer, people in Canada are struggling, right? So the employer has to justify why they want her. And uh, yeah, Canada was a huge financial drain on us last year. Um, I could live here for a year for the price of maybe two, two months or something in Canada, mm. three months, three months. Wow. Well, I mean, we do spend more, like we probably spend like 40% uh, of what we spend in Canada, but like, uh, you know, my rent is uh, $125 American a month. Um, and that's for a big, uh, a big apartment full apartment with a balcony and you know next to the river and privacy and it's very safe and it's in a, in a the reason it's so cheap is that it's in a in a, a local sort of rural neighborhood next to the mountain where none of the tourists come so that nobody's jacked up any prices and we just happened to meet this guy in a park who who's like yeah I'm building a second floor on my place and I've seen you guys a couple of times. I'm just curious if you want, you want to stay in the city. And we're like, yeah, we don't know because downtown is kind of crazy. The tourist stuff is really frustrating getting yelled at, you know, by people selling you stuff. And he's like, yeah, just come take a look at my apartment. He's like the sweetest guy in the world. And his family is great. We've had them over for dinner and he just doing his best to set up this place for us on a very limited budget. And, but that that doesn't mean like there there there's still social things that interactions and stuff that don't work out for us here. Um, I think our main conflict is the the American expats that are here have a tendency to be leaning towards booze and mayhem kind of behavior down here. Right. Uh, right. Because it's it's just uh, it's almost like for America like Daytona Beach or something. You yeah. Know? party time yeah yeah we just booze, trash booze it is cheap yeah and booze is cheap yeah yeah so it's it's almost care. it's kind of it's kind of painful it's kind of painful to go from this community seeing how nice everyone is seeing how the mexicans undercharge us for everything and we have to like convince them to take our money and then we just have to you know we walk 45 minutes we're in town it's the exact opposite they feel so predatory because the the tourists treat them like like below human you know so all of a sudden we of course we look like every regular tourist they don't even know we live here and and it's just this whole shift and their guard is up and they're they're expecting us to say something shitty to them and they're trying to rip us off or whatever it is and it's just a sad thing to experience two sides of one same city um and uh, it just doesn't feel very sustainable for a city to be like that. Um, anyway, sorry, that was quite the rant for no reason. About I don't know. I, 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 that, oh, yeah. yeah I, well, I mean, I feel like almost, almost all cities that I've seen have that. Like I think a city is... Uh, but has, has, yeah, a dark, has a dark and a light side, I think. I think uh, I, there's yeah, but, always that. 
before we left here, we thought we were leaving, not coming back. I was quite disappointed because I wanted Lada to see the, the, the real Mexican, um, like how amazing the people are. And we didn't, I didn't get a chance to show her that because we were more in the touristy area in the city, volunteering at a dog shelter, but with, with all the English people. And she didn't get to see that. And then once we moved here, she saw, oh my God. She's like, the guy, the guy at the hardware store, like when we go to get stuff, he, if it's less than like a dollar or two worth, he doesn't want to take any money at all. He's just like, just go on. It's okay. I'm like, come on, man. You have to make money. You just have this little hardware store and, and like his whole family is back there, his dogs with him. And, and then Lada sees like what I've seen in Mexico and Central America, South America, wherever, you know, that amazing community spirit and, and people um, just being de- really decent, no matter how much money they make, no matter how poor they are. Oh, I've learned over my life, like, and, and you obviously know, it's like, you just need a minimum. You just need a minimum amount of money. And after after that, there's no amount of money that makes you happy or fulfills you. Yeah, in Canada, though, I think they say 88,000, man. Whew. People uh, here make uh, make 100 pesos a day. That's about $6.50 Canadian. Right. I mean, 88,000 seems steep. I mean, that can't be. I don't know. I just that can't read be true. that. Some that rule of thumb. Maybe, maybe a household income. It can't be true for an individual because, like, 88,000 is plenty. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a I lot. agree. It's a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I don't I know. I don't make that. But I mean, I have the, uh, I mean, we have, uh, I have other privileges that I inherited from my, from my, when my dad died. And I mean, I have some, some, uh, financial some financial safety yeah um with, but, but which that, he, he wanted which he would have wanted you to have which is you, i don't need yeah. to feel guilty or lesser or subhuman because i have it anymore i don't need to beat myself up yeah that's an awesome an awesome thing that's changed that, in your in your commu- communication with me, I, I had never heard you say things like this before. So yeah, welcome to your transformation, man. It's, it started. It's it's definitely started. I mean, I I say it with a little bit of uh, it's I it's definitely said with a little bit of disdain because I still there's part of me that just has that way of thinking, like you know that. Yeah, yeah. Money, 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 money is a physical. It's a, it's an imaginary but physical barrier that like really prevents so much from being possible in your life. And if you don't have it, that's the one thing that you know would be the number one stress. And then to imagine having to deal with like depression, anxiety—that's even, you know, maybe not even related to the money itself then also having to deal with the money and or just slaving away because you have to slave away and just that the thought of that is just you know that still makes me feel uh somewhat again it's a useless feeling right it feels it's it's if it's what is it guilt is it is it just like lack of self-respect because that's because that's what it manifested like and that's so I mean, we're here, we're in this podcast, we're, we're, we're talking like about 
self-love, self-care, you know, self-compassion. Like these are, these are things that I need to, I'm journeying on. I don't, I need to do it for the sake of living my life. Like instead of, instead of like what I've been doing for the past 10 years, which is, I have been living my life. I haven't met, I got to give myself credit. I've lived my life. I've met you, Ryan. I met tons of people. I've made a community. Um, I've got a career. I've got experience. I've got the degree. I've got lots going for me, but I couldn't help but continue to beat myself up and tell myself I wasn't good enough and tell myself, you know, that, that I had more, I had every opportunity to do better and I didn't do better and that I, I wasted my life with weed. And then the only way to solve that is to smoke more weed. So I don't think about that. And then you get to the other side of it and you're just even deeper into the trench. And so I'm, I'm finally climbing out. Like, it's just like, I've been listening to podcasts, not this one. Um, I don't know how much this one's going to help, but, <laughs> but, but uh, I've been listening to like podcasts, but you know, just self-love narratives, just like tell me what I need to tell myself. And I will, I will like just fall asleep to that or I'll drug, take a, a car ride with that. Um, I'm reading books and like, dare I mention my ex, like input a lot of things into my kind of, space to to handle along with some of these things and i didn't really pay attention to them at the time i wasn't really open or willing to and i i mean i was but i just didn't have the energy or the capacity now I'm, i have that energy capacity that kick in the butt i guess that i needed to get my act together and what some some might say but i mean that's not a good way to put it like the reality is like i'm the, to be realistic about it is I'm just learning how to train myself to, to, to be okay being. And that is a journey worth having at any point in your life. It is a journey worth taking at any point in your life within whatever means you're able to do such a journey, right? Yeah. I, I truly believe that. And I, I think that if you, you know, it, it's the, it's a, it's a tragedy when someone who's suffering feels stuck because of money. I think that's a tragedy. It's a tragedy of our social system and structure and economy and, and everything right i mean i don't it's a tragedy beyond my comprehension to be honest with you and i just don't know that's out of my control especially at this point when i'm just trying to gain gain ground for myself once i can get legs for myself maybe i can serve maybe i can be of service to the community and humanity like you know like but that's down the road like that's hello let's fill my cup first right like and I agree with that. And I agree and, with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, and, I'm not, I'm not and looking just out. I'm looking work, in. Work. Yeah. Work on all those constant, your ego trying to tell you that uh, you're, you know, all that old, old patterns, all those old things you used to tell yourself, 
like even while you're saying like i'm not gonna feel bad about you know having some financial stability i could still hear it in your voice it, your voice cracks a bit like you're talking to somebody else not mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. you're talking to this other part of yourself and justifying it to that other part mm -hmm. it's like you don't even have to have that back and forth anymore you know what's right you you are more you're conscious now and guess what no matter how much money you have if you consciously spend it you're not just going to throw it around sorry to bring up marijuana but in some cases, that's that could be throwing it around too, especially if it's taking you in circles, whatever alcohol, um, whatever it is, that's not very conscious. That's not going. That's not really pro life or or building anything in the first place. So if you think about it, having that old thought pattern of yours, what would that lead you? Some, some most people too is just spending that money unconsciously until it's all gone and still feeling like a piece of shit right at the end so what's the point of it anyway that money was energy from your father from whoever maybe even his father yeah, put my, into my, you put yeah. intentionally to help you on your path and so now you know you have options which is great and now if you consciously use that, let's say you build something and you share it with people, you invite people, whatever it is, you're building, you're converting that money into the love, the way you see love and you're sharing it with others. And it's, I think the world is a better place for that rather than just blowing it and ruining your own life at the same time but this is the harder path i'll tell you man this is like this is not an easy path because it, there's always the doubt that keeps trying to bring you back and guilt and shame and all this other shit that we have to constantly it's like we have to keep remembering i i tend to do it i always forget At like i i i forget like oh my god i went through all this i i, I learned these lessons in life and I'm right back in this, in this area of life. I'm just gone back. I forgive myself. I move on. I move forward again. Right. But it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant process of that and, mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to, you know, be okay with, okay. I forgot that that pattern of behavior doesn't lead me to where I'm actually headed. I forgive myself for doing that. I'm not going to just constantly regret that time and feel like I'm a piece of shit and I've wasted my life. No, you focus on now what you can do and on the future and you move on and you keep growing. Um, and it's not necessarily like you grow and you have this goal of by 80, I'm going to be enlightened or I'm going to do this, have this, ex I'm going to be perfect, you know, and what you're going to heaven. No, it's, it's a constant growth until the day you die and even on your deathbed you can read a book or something because that's what life is about it's about growth and learning and exploring and creating and we're all going to die anyway so let's enjoy this process while we're here so i'm excited to see what you're going to do and i'm uh i'm happy that i'm a part of it whatever it is 
Oh, you're, my, you're yeah. a huge part of it, Ryan. You're, you're, yeah, I mean, everybody in my life is, and I mean, meeting, meeting you and yet being, being where I'm at now, but I mean, it's taken the journey that it's taken. Like, I, 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 I guess I just have to take on the journey as I go forward. Like you just said, it's a daily, you know, take it day by day to remind yourself why you're doing this. Keep on, uh, keep on g- giving, giving yourself the space for it. Uh, go on. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. It was just something that Ram Das was talking about. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the other podcast, but it was, it was really interesting because it was about um, like letting go of old patterns and, and moving on. And, and it wasn't him. It was somebody else who was saying, don't stop to read your old notebooks as you're throwing them out. Don't forget you were throwing them out. So like, that's why I'm saying these old feelings of I'm not good enough. I'm a piece of shit. All those things I've heard you say, don't stop to repeat those things. As you say, I'm getting rid of them. Let them already be gone. Mm, mm, it's... You know, you don't dwell on it. There's no need to. Because it's energy. And if you're, if you're dwelling on it, you are giving your energy back towards it. You're heading yeah. back towards it. And forgiving yourself is, is to gently let it go. Yes. So you don't, don't have to sit there all night and dwell on it. And, you know, read your, whatever, like uh, read old emails or something and say, look at what a piece of shit I was. You know, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I've read my old journal like, but I mean I even read by some of the old journal no, journaling that I did when I was um, when I was in Berlin, when I was traveling Europe, when I was visiting you, and um, I mean, it's vicious. It's totally vicious. <laughs> no, it's really, and I I look back on it like, wow, I was vicious toward myself. You know, like, I'm not gonna read it aloud here. I mean, but like really really um like I, I i don't know i mean why would i choose i chose such a my my feelings were so 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 of self-loathing were so strong and i don't know why i don't know where that comes from and that's the that's the curious part for me in that this yeah. like, you know it's not everybody it's not everybody who because like there's people who I don't know if it's just a part of their framework or just a part of their upbringing, but they have this unrelenting belief in themselves, you know? And yeah, you could, they all make mistakes. Hey, but like, uh, it's like brushed it off and move forward with it. It's like, yeah. Well, some people have very obvious traumatic um, experiences that they can pinpoint as the beginning of a behavioral change. Yes. And some people just have no fucking clue what happened. Um, I had a friend and she, she like, she had a really hard time with men because she was abused. And I had a really hard time being her friend because she would almost expect me to abuse her, which would show her love. And I was saying like, I don't understand you. I, I don't know what happened to you. Uh, and she didn't want to talk about it, but eventually what happened was she 
had all these old diaries. And one day, I guess she had enough faith in me. She just handed me three, three or four big diary books. And uh, this was a few years ago. And then one night I stayed up like almost the entire night and I just read them through. And I read her innocence being very young, her innocent views on the world and her just positive outlook and just super nice person. Like I knew that that person was in there and that was always what I was trying to tell her. Like, this is the person I see. And she was always with, you know, something I'd usually hear you say things like, I'm a piece of shit, you know, I don't deserve this, whatever. Anyway, um, my point I'm getting at is that at the point where she was abused physically or sexually, whatever the hell it was by a man, her diary shifted into all these negative thoughts about herself. And there was even a trans a transition period of doubt. Like, is this really the way the world is? Am I really a good person? She couldn't figure it out. And her ego sometimes at some point just switched and said, no, you're a piece of shit. You deserve to have your ass kicked. You don't deserve to be loved. And she held on to that. And to this day, I, I can't help that person because um, any attempt to say something like, I care about you, she would only respond to that if maybe I had said, also said something negative after that. It was just, it was just reading somebody's diary. I, like I literally saw that I could like, you could see the dates that it happened in the year, but for you or for me or for whoever else, we don't know, like just something shifted. And like one of my mentors likes to say, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop having awe for the magic and mystery of the world? When maybe when somebody told you to shut up when you were singing as a kid, maybe you were dancing around like, like a kid and you were at some like event and you're a parent was just like, what are you fucking doing? You're, you're a grown, whatever you're, you're too old for that, you know? Mm. And, or maybe you, it could be such little subtle things. Like maybe you were like, oh my God, the leaves on this tree were amazing. And you're with a group of like 15 year old kids who are stoned or something. And they're like, you fucking loser. And then, you know, you, you don't remember that day, but it shifted to you being like, oh yeah, like that's for losers or whatever. And then you never walk around and enjoy the beauty of nature anymore you just have this pattern where you don't do it and you don't even realize why um so yeah i haven't i don't know your past but if you have diaries maybe re re, re you know? yeah, yeah right no i wasn't i've never been a good documenter i did do have some journaling that i've done like in especially in dire times like i did some journaling just to get my thoughts down yeah but usually it would be like you know, journal and then, or then smoke weed or drink. When I was in Europe, my God, I was drinking, right? I was drinking. Like I was like to the point where I didn't feel good the next day until I had a drink. Not even, not even like hangover, but like anxious and like, and just down. And it was like, whoa, I'm like developing an alcohol dependency. You know, this is weird. Better not be, better not better better tone that down when I get back to Canada, <laughs> and um, 
I mean, it's, it's just a, it's just being a hell of a time with the substances and like it's, it's so easy to, it's such an easy way to kind of like make you sing again, right? You get drunk, go sing again, you know? I haven't sang in, in years. You'd have a few drinks. Oh, I'm doing karaoke, you know, like, let's do it. Like, feels good. And that's what people do. They get drunk and do karaoke. And then, like, I, that's one of the things we do here in Ottawa. Like, it was, there's a Shanghai restaurant, China Doll, Drag Queen karaoke night every Saturday night in Ottawa. Well, obviously not during the pandemic. I, I think they do, uh, they do something virtual right now, but. But like that was huge and people would show up and get obliterated at this Chinese restaurant and sing and, uh, and sing their hearts out and get obliterated. And it's like, it's empty at the end of the day, it's empty. Right. I mean, there's been some, some, some good couples that have come out of this, uh, come out of that event, but, uh, but like, it's very, yeah, it's, it's sometimes people use it just for fun and it's can be healthy, but other people are using it as a way to actually experience some positive emotion again. And that's how I, I mean, I, I, if I were to smoke weed, it'd be like, I'd smoke weed and I'd be able to sing my heart out, you know, and, you know, I obviously wasn't going to be learning new stuff and becoming dynamic, but, um, I was, I was singing my heart out, you know, and I would, yeah. I'd get drunk and I'd go, I'd even, I'd done some, I, I wouldn't so embarrassed and shy for a long time, but you know, you liquid courage, you get up, you, you play in front of people, um, do that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I just, I just, I, 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 and you look, I look back, it's, I don't, I can't blame another person for, I don't blame, I don't judge. If someone wants to use the substances, then go ahead. If they're not ready to give it up or they never will, that's fine. You know, that's not the, it's a journey not everybody takes. And that's, that's something that I think, I think a lot of people have a tough, like I think a lot of people on the, on a, on the journey, let's call it the journey for the sake of discussion. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people on the journey kind of look to others who are not on the journey as maybe not lesser, but less enlightened and less, you know, attuned with the world or something or that, you know, I, there's an inherent, yeah, that, inherent that, maybe fear, a fear of them or, or something, right? That brings up something interesting here because there's, Mm -hmm. because there's such a group there's so many people here who are just drunk seven days a week even if they live here it's not just a vacation thing mm -hmm. there's a lot of expats here and they're just smashed in the bar screaming at each other all day um there's another there's a group here that uh, lada had joined called like high vibes and it was more like um a group of people who are a little more spiritual minded Mm -hmm. but with that you have to be careful because then you're creating an us and them yes. and to me to me that's not very spiritual at all no because you had that night at some point in your life where you were smashed at the bar too definitely and 
you deserve the opportunity if you ever feel like being more spiritual or joining a group to do that so yeah i think that was that's a tricky thing too yeah i think it can become one you know and then for me it's like i can't i don't i'm and i'm not a judging person that's not that's not my nature oh i know you're not absolutely i don't sense any judgment in you at all i'm like i'm very strongly judgmental you are yeah you are i process everything through judgment yeah Yeah, you're 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 in the you're in the judging category i'm in the (laughs) i'm in the 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 feeling the feeling i guess category or what what well it's perceiving perceiving for the jungian types um yeah okay um sorry uh judging uh perceiving yeah so i was technically the introverted uh sensing thinking judging and um i think you are the extroverted sensing feeling and perceiving was what you we came i think you did the test yeah i i am enfp yeah you're e, right. i thought you were esfp but anyway no. you're 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 so what's so the n what's the n intuitive intuitive yeah i'm definitely intuitive okay yeah. So I'm you're I'm the not, exact uh, opposite of me on that spectrum. Yeah, if you're into that stuff. I, I I think it's I think it's a fairly good way to like. I mean, what do I know? I mean, we we, we I think we talked discussed these um, the Meyer Briggs Myers Briggs and one of our earlier podcasts actually, and uh, yeah, and I would, we, we, we was like don't don't put me in a box. I remember saying that also. <laughs> and, uh, don't you know put me in a box? Don't put me in a box. I don't live. There's no walls around me. I'm I'm stoned. Like doesn't matter. Like everything melts away. So no, I'm just uh Yeah. So you probably I'm hate afraid. horoscopes too, because you're like, don't define me by. Don't define me by some arbitrary astrological, you know, time zone. I don't need that in my life. You know what confu- You know what confuses me about horoscopes, man? Reading about the Roman Empire because. I'll just say it quickly, like November and December are translated into nine. A lot is laughing at me because I'm bringing it up. It's really interesting. Uh, November and December translate to nine and 10, the ninth and 10th months of the year. Mm -hmm. The Romans had 10 months in their calendar. So I don't know. I don't know how the horoscopes translate to that because July and August were added for Julius Caesar and Augustus. So they added the 11th and 12th months to the calendar. And then it was still idiotic. And Julius Caesar had to get the info from Cleopatra that, you know, there's every fourth year you do the uh, extra day in February because the Romans just had to keep saying like, oh shit, you know, like the harvest is a little like three weeks off this year. Okay, let's add two weeks to the calendar. So (laughs) they didn't even have their calendar straight like 2000 years ago so i don't get this whole 12 months a year thing i mean i guess in the end it does come out to being 12 months i guess that's the real point and then the constellations there's 12 of them and the egyptians would you know they would uh worship gods based on them so maybe yeah but the roman thing screwed me up because the romans went down to 10 um anyway that was a random that's what happens to me when i read these these obscure books random tangents that that yeah. was <laughs> an, an, an interesting tidbit and, and nonetheless like 
didn't know. I'm full of useless but information. I, I would, I would, I would love that. I'd love that because I was just thinking about that today. It's like I don't, I don't implant new information in my mind. Like I've been so in my own head, and like you know, I guess dealing with not taking care of myself which means if you don't take care of yourself a lot of a lot of the time you can't learn well you can't become a good learner and a, like a healthy you know like i guess focused person to to be able to you know compile information like i i i think you know i'm my brain is probably still in healing and it will be for years to come if i can if i can reduce the harm if i can prevent the harm from continuing to happen to it like that's yeah you know just yeah just keep in mind yes that if you're to transcend to a different stage of consciousness there will always be a mentor who is available to you not just one there's plenty the thing is though they're not available to those who aren't interested so that's why when your energy shifts and your consciousness shifts all of a sudden those same books you were given six months ago or whatever or those same podcasts somebody might have suggested to you two years ago then you start listening Mm. and that's where you find your mentor who might have whose name might have went by you 50 times but now you're ready for it. So, and a, and a, and a true mentor or someone who's truly more evolved does not pull you in any direction. They, what they're trying to do is trying to come towards what's more of an unconditional version of love. So if you're in the dumps and they know they can't help you while you're in the dumps because you won't accept it, they just love you anyway and wait and the information is available when you need it. So, all, all that to say that you might run across what you might think is like, hey, Rye, I found someone who's like, I feels like my mentor now. So just keep that in mind because you're reading these books and stuff. And then if something resonates in them, the more consciously you read the books, you'll see that certain words will stick out to you or certain names might keep coming up. And then you're going to go look that up. And then, you know, it's this really cool path that's laid out like this uh, really complex uh, detective uh, uh, mystery that you've got to solve all by yourself. So, yeah, that's what it, that, that, that's a good way to put it. It's like, it is a complex problem and that you kind of have to figure out for yourself, but there are tools to help you solve it. And uh, like, and I just, you know, I, I got this book, the dialogue, the DBT book, like, it's a great resource. I don't know, like, I don't know how come I did not input resources. I mean, that, that, that's a, that, that what I was just about to go down that road of catching myself on there was yep. a bad road to go down. I don't know how come up, blah, blah, blah. But back in the day, back in the day, I'm grateful to have the tools now. I'm yeah. grateful to have the tools now. That's what I'm grateful for. Who cares? Then I didn't have the resource. If I have now the resource, I can use it now to carry on. And that's what matters. That's what, that's what, that's what matters. And then these tools in themselves help you kind of, 
you know, work toward that way of thinking where it's, you have an unrelenting belief in yourself and you have an um, unrelenting vision of moving forward. You know, like that, the reflecting on the past is got fruits, fruits are plenty, but there's a limit, you know, there's a limit. Like, do you really need to climb that tall, skinny tree to get that little fruit at the top? Sometimes you don't, you just move on to the next tree. You know what I mean? How much effort are you going to do to like, it's, it's, it's really it's a good metaphor in, in, a, in a way, right? Like, it's like, how much effort are you going to go to what lengths are you going to go to get every single last drop of the past before you go and drink, drink the future? You know, I think it's uh, I think it's like, it's a interesting thing. Like just take the, take what you can, the low hanging fruit and move on. Take what you can I, and move on. You don't have to dig deep. It's interesting you say that because I was picking apples last year and I was the guy who was always trying to kill myself on the top of the ladder to get that apple at the top. And guess what? That apple at the top, you couldn't see it from the bottom, but it was always eaten by a bird or something or a frog, a toad that was up on there. That's so it. it was it was rotten in the first place. So it right. was all an illusion, right? <laughs> exactly. You think you want it, you think you need it, you think I can't move on without this last coin. And you know, like, but you know what? You don't need all the coins to move on. Like, like it's like if you ever seen a pros play Pac-Man, like they they don't necessarily eat all the ghosts, right? They don't go out of the way to eat the ghosts, they get the laga laga laga, they just keep going. <laughs> Because the more the, you gotta just keep going and keep going, yeah, they, they'll they'll pick up the fruit here and there. But it's like, what's more important is to clear the clear the sheet, clear the sheet, clear the sheet. You don't need to get all these points. You get because at, at the end of the day, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong with the Pac-Man reference, but it's uh, <laughs> it's like there's there is uh, and I, that's that's people people I work with um, are quite good at that. In a lot of ways, like people I work with are quite good at like leaving, leaving things and glossing over the details that don't need to be dug deep into. But then again, it can get lackadaisical, like it can get to the point where you end up glossing over some of the, the devil, the devilish details. And then those come to bite you on our stare. But then, you know what I mean? But that's a, that's a, that kind of, and, but you know what, I think our society is moving very much further in Canada. The way that we think in Canada is very much like we just described, going to get that rotten fruit at the top of the tree before we can move on. That, like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that, that's a very much a part of our government and our, our way of life and like our regulations. It's like, you know, you can't get, you can't pass a bill without like all this and all this stuff and, and every last detail and page and letter is scrutinized and um, you don't get to move on. I mean, maybe it's, a, it's just a matter of like, look, uh, what necessitates like moving on? I think you're getting real, maybe a little bit abstract here, but I'm thinking like what necessitates moving on is almost survival, right? Say I don't have time to go up that tree with the ladder. I'm hungry. I need more fruit. Like let's go, let's go. So you look at a country maybe like, let's say, 
and I, I, I go to this example maybe because I'm Jewish, but I do go to Israel, you know, where you look at a country who's been, you know, at arms for its entire existence and like, you know, you don't know anybody there who hasn't been killed in some sort of battle or some sort of, you know. And the men attack. and women are soldiers. The men and women are soldiers and they are like radically different in their approach to certain things than other countries right like they are everybody's the rollout was insane well, i mean mind you they're a small country and i'm sure there's lots more at play here but like their rollout was efficient and like effective and like they had um i think i was listening on i was listening on the radio i think it was they had uh three they had three uh, different clinics going at the same time. It was like a sign, it was like a parallel system. It was just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Not like, well, maybe that's just a supply demand thing. I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I'm going off on getting into the too, too deep into detail there. But well, again, they certainly, they certainly vaccinated, vaccinated their country faster than anybody else. Like, that's it. That's was, it. It was That's ridiculous. It. People, like, some, most countries were at five percent when they were at ninety nine percent. Don't overthink it. Don't don't dig too deep in the detail. Get regulations. Find get the ethics. Get the human rights. Canada's like okay, well you, we can vaccinate them. We can't vaccinate them. And what it come down to at the end is like, is are you hanging around a clinic? And a vaccine's going to get expired because that's when you got like that's when people got the jab. Like that was an interesting interesting thing was that people got the jab because. They uh, they were just hanging around downtown by themselves, and there she was. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they're just hanging around the clinics, just uh, ready to uh, just. I don't remember what you know. My buddy was telling me it's like that that uh, hanging around a clinic wasn't scheduled to get a vaccine. Vaccine was um, going to expire, so they're like, "Well, this one's going to expire. You want it? Yep." I'll take it. So then you, you get a you get a vaccine. It's like how how is where how is it here in Canada? Somewhere in Canada, you know, somewhere in this country, it's like I don't know how many people ended up getting vaccinated like that, but like, how is it possible that we live in a country that you know we don't know what to do with a vaccine? So just anybody who wants it, you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? It shouldn't be like that. It should be, yeah, it's, it's be like, like the leftover yeah. bread at the back of the bakery. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we got all this extra bread. You yeah. guys want it? Yeah. You know, you stale, stale bread? Anybody? Anybody? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, like, like you know, come on. Like, the bread, it's, it's, grocery stores even throw that shit out, fuck's sake. You know? And I think they've, they've been mandated to, to switch the way they're doing that, but I don't know because dumpster diving was, is a real thing, right? You go into the dumpster of a grocery store and you pick out like nice zucchini, like great pepper, you know, like, like, oh, I've, I've done it with a friend. He, uh, I've been to, I remember having dinner with some friends and only after dinner did they say everything from this meal came from the dumpster because <laughs> they would go to the, uh, behind the organic shop and, there was, you know, stuff that was going to expire the next day or the same day. And, uh, like, literally, when, this, when the staff person, like, one hour after they put it out back, 
it would be they would just grab it it would still be cold and everything and uh but the, but actually they started locking all the bins after that and so the dumpster dive because dumpster diving became a bit trendy so then all the big guys started locking their dumpsters but for a while like my poorest friends were eating better than me because they all the food they ate was organic <laughs> and i couldn't afford the organic food they were, getting the, they were getting the, the 15 dollar you know little can of whatever it was uh yeah which i would never buy because it was too expensive but anyway i don't know another um another ram rant i'm very ranty today sorry about that that's okay that's what it's all about i mean rant away i mean we got to practice mindfulness and intentional listening to each other but uh, that's that takes time. Like you got, we got to give ourselves the the time and space to get there. You know. I also enjoy shooting the shit. I know? enjoy so. shooting the shit. It's about shooting the shit too. I mean, you're yeah. you've been you've been kind of you're you are a holistic life coach, right? Me, I'm I am I am like sixty days of sobriety. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a, <laughs> there's a different there's a difference there. There's a big difference there. And, uh, uh, there's also the 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 80 20 rule which is a great excuse for anybody who wants to be a holistic life coach so what's the 80 20 rule well it's 80 80 percent following what you would see as a good healthy diet and 20 percent knowing that you know you're you're going to expire soon anyway no matter how healthy your food was or you know realistically like i was walking back from a client and I almost got fucking killed because I, I jumped, I had to jump out of the way of a car coming onto basically what was almost like a highway, but I had to jump into the street to avoid it. And if he had just hit me, I think I would have been popped into the other incoming traffic, which was coming around a mountain bend. And I was just like, wow. Okay. So all that stuff I was worrying about until I almost got killed just now, you know, like, which is the most rational? And I keep bringing up Ramdas, but he, he used that point too, because he was talking about um, open relationships and he's like, okay, so on the one hand, you have to consider you know, that, you know, you might hurt your partner's feelings and there's a lot of extra communication that has to be done. On the other hand, you could be walking towards to go see your, uh, your mistress or whatever, be hit by a car and you're dead. You know, like he, he's trying to make a point that the, the reality has to be somewhere in between those two. So going too extreme to one side or the other leads to like the shock and awe that happens when someone passes away but then going too far like more of the eastern mentality of like you're gonna die you're gonna die um that's just a little bit too morbid too yeah a little bit too i don't know morbid but um yeah just to say that like 80 20 rule is that 20 percent is like you know, eat organ, eat good stuff when you can. Communicate when you uh, as best you can. But if you fuck up, and you know you spend a Saturday screwing around, and you're you're out out with people, and you're still having fun, but you know they're not serving the greatest food, 
but you know it's a social environment and it actually is good for you to enjoy your time with these people and you don't want to alienate them or make them think that you're this kind of like person who need they need to cook special food for then that's where that 20% can come into play and not make you so dogmatic that nobody wants to be your friend anyway if you're that far you know oh, you know 100%. what I mean oh, holier than I, holier I, than thou do I it, it's yeah, yeah this is this kind of ties into what we were talking about before it's like when those people there's those that are on the journey and there's those that aren't you know it's a us and them no that us and them is a dangerous place to be no like you know so yeah 80 20 20 percent i'm still a regular member of society who's not like fully committed and dedicated to this holistic way of life you know yeah. like i like not that not that I'm not, right? but even it's all inextricably. I love that word linked to the holistic life because by by living that twenty in a just regular schmo way, that is holistically a part of the whole. Yeah. Otherwise, you're a monk. You're a monk in a cave. Yeah. And and what you're doing there, in a way, is your you're guilty of aversion because you can be guilty of attraction and being addicted to things, but you can also be guilty of aversion and avoiding things. Sure. Yeah. So that's why Osho used to say those monks, they just hide in their cave because they don't want to get that boner when they see a woman walking. You know what I mean? Like aversion rather than a monk who could be walking past a woman because he knows what he knows his true path. And, He's addressed the fact that, you know, he, he's got these physical desires and stuff, but he's transcended them because he knows that, you know, it's for him, it's worth it. But he doesn't judge the woman. He doesn't a woman walking past him doesn't evoke all these horrible feelings and all this stuff that he has to go hide in a cave. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I 100 percent, I think, in of anything is very dangerous uh, calculation. anything definitely definitely but then then, i mean like i don't want to be 100 percent i'm i'm a a monk in a cave but but then when you look at the the 80 20 that adds up to 100 right so that's the thing it is holistic it's whole like holy yeah no i I think uh, like what you said it's you don't want to be guilty of aversion the us and them us and them is not productive or even going to help you no which is what my one of my hugest struggles is to see the the separation in society right now the us and them exists everywhere and it's it's been split into all these little factions and now it's us and them and you know like everybody can pinpoint who they are and which different group they are to the point where there's there's no unity and it's I don't know where that's that's let where we're headed with that because yeah. then it's it's really hard to have a conversation without pissing somebody off these days I find oh yeah I, th- I think so I think I think people get offended very easily I mean it's, I mean I I may be biased because I work in do you, well yeah do you offend people I'm curious oh for sure I definitely offend people yeah I get offended too like I'm what do you think I am? I'm not human. Like I get, I get offended. I get offended probably so much so that like it, that it like 
affects my my life like my day like i can for get sure a, i can get sure. a, I, especially if someone offends me right in the morning it's like you ruined my day you ruined my god <laughs> you ruined my goddamn no but that's not like how could you know i i have because I, I have not self-assured and you know i wasn't self-assured enough or had enough self-esteem or had enough kind of tools in my self-care my self love mm. to tell to 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 be like I'm not letting that shit affect me in my day. That's not, you know. And a really cool thing that happens is that eventually when there's nothing for that person to attach to with that negative energy they're trying to throw out there, that's when you can see the person for what they're really going through. And that's where the compassion comes in. So somebody could be screaming at you and you could feel nothing but compassion for them rather yeah. than hate. Yeah. And yeah. that's when that's when you become almost their mentor. Through, yeah. They can just scream at you and then they, they don't see the reaction that they would expect to get, which they would equate to whatever form of love they think is, is uh, the way the world works because that's the way they think the world works that's when that sh might change them in their minds and that's when you're changing the world just through working on like you said self-love self-care first always and then compassion towards others especially others who are seeing that they're harming you but just look look a little deeper into it make sure that, that really is what's going on or maybe they're just really hurt and they don't know how to express it yeah no, it's a that's a that's a very valuable piece of wisdom that I think you you've offered me, and that like, you know, I I, I I I it's kind of shifted the way I've just thought about some of the experiences I've had the past few months, right? Like I've dealt with a lot of people who have a lot of I don't know if it, what it is, but a lot of really negative expression of uh, of the world, like if it's just straight up yelling anger or just viciously you know uh, harming others with their with their words i mean like i'm i'm also guilty of it right like i'm also guilty of like kind of going behind people's backs and saying shit and being you know I'm a fucking cunt, but oh yeah, me too. I'm not a fucking saint, man. Sometimes, no, none of us are sometimes I've I vent a lot about. I, sometimes I'm just very irresponsible or like unprofessional, whatever it is. I just start venting a lot about certain experiences or with people and stuff, and yeah, and I'm just like, how can people live this way? Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or how, how can, I, how can I, they say how can they say that to me? How could they how come they said that to me? You know, like you know, that's those fucking idiots. You know that fucking biatch or something. You know, but yeah. uh, oh no, but, I'm sorry, I've cut yeah. you off. Go on. No, you didn't. It was it was more. We're not saints. We're not. None of no. us are saints, and that's like that's a whole that's a part of the journey. That's a that's a de facto part of the journey that you're not a saint. You're just on a journey. Yeah, but I, I think that's why so many mystics and mentors and leaders, they mention the word compassion because it's the closest thing they can find. It's It sounds like this new agey, holier-than-thou bullshit, but it really is. 
it was one of the main things Ramdas ever used when he was old before he died, like saying, have compassion, have compassion for your enemy. You know, the Buddhists meditate towards those, those that they have negative thoughts towards intentionally to practice compassion, even for those who they're basically to forgive themselves for the part in themselves that, ha that has that anger towards that person. It's a fault in themselves and they're admitting, they're taking responsibility for that part in them that can't be compassionate because they're stuck somewhere. And if they're on a path towards consciousness and transcendence and evolution, they need to address that. They can't avoid it because like in yoga, like whatever uh, you want to call it, whatever religion you want to call it, they always talk about the addictions and aversions, whatever you want to call them. They say both of them, one might say, you know, those are the, of the work of the devil. They're, what they really mean by the devil is that is a, a trap. It's a trap to keep you from growing. That, um, that negativity and uh, or heading into addictions or just hating somebody or being like that group of people is a bunch of fucking idiots. Right. All those fucking right wing Americans are idiots. 50% of that entire country, millions and millions and millions of people are all idiots. Like if you try to rationalize that in your brain, you start going, wow, like I hate all people. so many people. <laughs> I, I hate so many people. And then you look at like, oh, well, even if you don't live in the States, all the times you maybe talked with Americans on the phone or seen them when you're on vacation and stuff, it's like, well, that, that one was pretty nice. Uh, you, know, you know, like you really just <laughs> have to look closer at our, ourselves, which is why I think your approach, self-care, even if it seems selfish, just fucking focus on yourself for now. That's great because what you're bringing to others is, is going to be so much more than you ever could. Exactly. It's a, it's a con conquer. There was a, there's a, there's a saying, there's like a man, the man who conquers himself is greater than the man who conquers a thousand men or something like that. I don't know who said it. Some dude. Sounds like um, fucking Brian Rose from London Real, because he's. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you think like you know, there's lots of people out there. Um. Yeah, I don't think that they have. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of people out there who just. The society is set up in a way, that I, that you just sort of go, you, you just go about things, in a very automatic and unmindful way and and uh especially if you you're you're a user of, of substances like like i was for so long um you really don't you don't open yourself up to the opportunity to to love yourself you you you're basically yeah you're denying yourself you're denying yourself that layer of life which is essential to your survival it's essential to your emotional and mental survival like i had a i had a i mean i i wish i had oh, a capacity for some of some of this kind of yeah because last year i mean someone was calling me 
they were in depression. Um, you wanted to help them. I wanted to be able. I wanted to help them. I said but the most me. compassionate thing to do would be to say, "I'm not in a place where I can." I didn't. I didn't so much say that. I just tried to help them get a job. Okay. Um, but to be honest with you, with COVID, I just started. and We started laying people off, so I, I didn't feel actually comfortable like sending his resume. So I didn't send his resume to be honest, to be honest with the world here and be vulnerable to the world here like I am. And um, he told me he was depressed. And I said, you can call me anytime we could talk. But I wasn't really like, I wasn't like, you know, digging deep into it. I did, I kind of wanted to kind of respect his space of privacy. I know what it's like to be depressed. Like I definitely do. Um, like he then the, the last time he called me three days later, he killed himself. Right. Really? Really. Yeah. Really. And um, you told me this. Did I tell you this? Did I tell you this? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But I didn't tell you this. It didn't get, didn't come out. No, but it's just the way you just said it just shocked me. Like I I had to go through my memories. Okay. Right. No, I I think maybe we did talk about this, but yes, but like, maybe not in the podcast. It's, it's, it's at the time, like I had compassion for it. But I don't think I had, and it's, you know, it's obviously, it's not my fault and I can't, I'm only human. And I can't, I, I didn't know him that well. Um, but there's a level of compassion that you can offer the world and the people around you that I think you could, you can, I don't know. I don't know where I'm trying to get out with this, but. Uh, well, let me let me throw in another Ramdas story because it fits here again. It's a very quick one. Okay. Ramdas talking about how to write one of his books, somebody offered him like their cabin in the woods. And he went to the cabin in the woods to write this book about spirituality and about, you know, being a guru and all this. Um, but what happened was there was a carpenter there who was working on the bathroom and Ramda, he, was, he really loved Ramdas and he was like, oh man, you're, you're so amazing. But Ramdas was like, thank you very much, but I'm so focused on this book because I need to help people out there um, that I, I just, I don't want to, like he just blew him off basically. And he's like, just come when I'm not here, do your work and stuff. And that guy killed himself. And then Ramdas was saying, I was so fucking absorbed in my idea of helping people writing this book when somebody who needed my help right in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, he, so again, like he, he had to re like, we always have to do that to, to evolve consciously. Oh my God, you have to review and rewrite the rules all the time and just mm-hmm. learn a lesson from what happened. It doesn't mean you have to feel like a piece of shit. But really, you got to consciously go over it, what happened. And maybe the next time somebody asks for help, just think about, um, you know, of course, Ramdas was saying he would, (laughs) he was making a mistake, but he didn't realize it at the time. He had convinced himself that he could help more people. And this guy was just bugging him, you know, but meanwhile, at that time, that guy was the one who needed his help. So, 
it's it's a it's a valuable lesson in life and i don't think that that's like being almost terry or being like late or being just like not mindful enough for the your immediate surroundings when you're distracted by something else and that's everybody's human everybody's guilty of that not guilty uh, guilty is not the right word because everybody's i i guess um like i don't know <laughs> particip participating in that yeah everybody participate yeah everybody participates in that oh you find the words it's getting guys we've been podcast too long this now i think we got to find a way to wrap this one up but uh, we should uh, wrap it up um on, but the topic the, the, yeah. the title what would the title be self-love self-care mm. something mm. like that transcendence beginning of the journey yeah how about capital the journey and in brackets self-love self-care sure or something you know we'll, we'll figure that out i think we'll make that happen but capital the journey the the, the 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 journey is not us and them. It's not between us and them. It's a whole experience. I'm, yeah, probably done because my 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 head is uh, is not in it anymore. But um, yeah, that's that's good. That's can, good. That's not due to. It's yeah. not due to marijuana intervention. It's no. just due to normal fatigue. Normal fatigue. Yes. And um, yeah, I have to balance my energy out too, right? Lada's here and I want to spend time with her. So let's wrap this one up. Any, any last comments? No, I mean, I'm, we're grateful for anybody who listens. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But you, you're always welcome to uh, to participate in any way uh, uh, you'd like. You can just drop us a note on what you think you'd like to hear us ramble on about, or if you have any, you know, critiques, harsh or not, please provide them. Spill your guests at gmail.com um that is our email address um this podcast is very much alive it's happening um it's unscripted it's uh it comes and from we might be recording it together live together from um canada one I, day. Hope so. I really hope so see how that works out i hope so come come to the cabin in the woods live um and we will figure what we're doing out i think that would be great right like i i don't know maybe we'll talk after this um sure sure sweet sweet sayonara i mean thanks for listening thanks for listening we might uh we might edit out some of this well, we'll see okay we'll see all right all right